0: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. hey we're going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones and i am the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and today we have a special guest with us here on the state of the saints podcast and hey if you uh watch the new orleans saints youtube channel pre and post game show or just giving uh up-to-date information about the new orleans saints you know uh, this individual, uh, she's working hard for lack and gold, uh, giving us all the information that we need. I'm talking about Miss Erin Summers. Erin, how you doing?
1: Hi, I love that intro. I need you as my per- my personal hype man.
0: <laughs> well, we we do what we can over here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but thank you so much, Erin, for being here. We really do appreciate it. We know you're extremely busy uh, covering the New Orleans Saints as well. Uh, as the Pelicans, you know, uh, you're working extremely hard and giving us the information that we need. So, first off, I just want to say we we all appreciate that. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not, a, you know, it's a busy job, but I'm covering <laughs> sports and I can't really complain that much. It's def- the content is definitely fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we we appreciate all the content that you put out there. But we're going to talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, as you know, uh, the Saints are, are one and two right now. Uh, there's been some ups and downs. There's been some positive things. Uh, there's been some not so positive things. Uh, but the one thing that you, you hear everyone talking about is the team is talented, but they they seem to be getting in their own way. The, the term shooting themselves in the foot uh, ha, has been <laughs> said on several occasions. Uh, yes. Just your overall evaluation, Aaron, uh, What what is your thoughts on this team? Uh, uh, you know, as far as uh, where they are right now.
1: On paper, I think everyone expected this team to be really good. You, you think about the additions that they have this year, Javis Winston's back from injury, what we saw from him last year, the 14 yeah. touchdowns, only three interceptions before he got injured, You think that they're going to hit the ground running. If you're adding in Michael Thomas, backroom injury, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, just the offensive weapons that they had on the field, you want to think, how could it not work? Just how can you not just put all these talented people out there and for it to work? And then on the defensive side of the ball, that's been an area that they've been solid in for, for a while, for several years now. So really no concerns, even though they had a little bit of turnover there. You add in Tyron Matthew and Marcus May seems like Paulson Adebo was just ready to take off this season. And then, you know, you get to the first game and they start a little slow. It's to be expected. They haven't had a lot of time on the field together. Things really looked good in that fourth quarter against Atlanta. And that's where I think everybody's like, all right, all right. It was a little (laughs) tough, a little little slow start, but we're good. This is the team we thought we were going to see. Unfortunately. Week two and week three, as you mentioned, a lot of those areas where they shot themselves in the foot, the penalties, yeah. the pre-snap penalties, stuff that just shouldn't happen. penalties, you shouldn't be, you know, continually um, continually doing at this point um in the yeah. season, your career. And then the turnovers. in the last two weeks alone, they've given the ball away eight times. Hmm. and the defense has scored. The opposing defense has scored off of a touchdown immediately off of a a pick six and a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Those things are not going to help you win a ball game, no matter who's on the field. So even though you're talking about some injuries that they've had now that they're dealing with across several Mm -hmm. positions, Mm -hmm. it's those mistakes that are going to limit them from creating that offensive rhythm for, you know, capitalizing on some of the things that they are doing well. So Regardless of who's on the field, whether it is Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton as the quarterback, whether Michael Thomas is going to be in the game, he will not be this weekend. Mm -hmm. They have other options, um, but you can't turn the ball over and you can't negate a good play because of a penalty.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you even alluded to those eight turnovers. A couple mm-hmm. years ago in 2019, they had eight turnovers the entire season. Right. You know because of how offensively efficient that they actually were. This is very unconventional, Aaron. When you when you look at this team, you know this team was known for being offensively efficient, uh, not shooting themselves in the foot. And now we've seen after these three games, is a team uh, that seems to be getting in their own way. And, and also, there are a lot of members of the Huda Nation that are in panic mode right now. Uh, and, and in your overall opinion, uh, is, is it time to hit the panic button uh, if you're a member of the Huda Nation?
1: We are three games in. Mm-hmm. I feel good about Sunday. Don't panic yet. It's okay. <laughs> it, as I mentioned at the top, there are a lot of new pieces. And mm-hmm. with one less preseason game, with the lack of reps that the starting group got together during training camp due to injuries, Jameis Winston's foot, Michael Thomas was in and out, you know, Taysom Hill wasn't participating entirely. There are a lot of people that weren't able to get good run with each other. It's going to take a little while to mesh. And I think that they're still trying to figure that out. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to panic they're professional athletes. They'll figure it out. They know that they yeah. can't turn the ball over. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, they don't fumble. And they yeah. both have, you know, and it yeah. was because of a really good play on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You know, they really went yeah. after that football. Um mm. because Kamara and Ingram were had a good hold on it. You could tell that yeah. they were trying to protect the ball. So right. there's just been a few, you know, really odd things that have happened, even with yeah. Lutz not you know, he's Mm. missed a couple, albeit long field goals, but last week a shorter one. You you just don't think that that's something that's going to continue to happen either. So at this point, you know, there are a lot of teams that start off really fast and kind of peter out, whether it is due to injuries or whatever, the wear and tear of the game. And then there are teams that just catch fire towards the end of the season, i.e. the Bengals last year, and they're in the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's a long season, especially with an extra game now. I don't think yeah. that you need to kind of jump ship or or try to fire anybody yeah. yet.
0: <laughs> well, I, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, uh, when you look at uh, preseason, the way that it's structured now, you got a lot of guys uh, that, that don't play in the preseason. Um, and you're relying on these early games in the regular season in order for you to develop chemistry. And, and I mentioned this before. Um, you know, if you look at the landscape of the National Football League over the last couple of weeks, uh, you've you seen other teams that were struggling to try to generate points, uh, struggling on offensive line. Uh, watch uh Joe Burrow uh, la- last night. I mean, mm-hmm. before that game even started, he uh, his offensive line, uh, you know, they had 15 sacks as a group. So it, it's not only just the Saints that are dealing with some of these offensive woes and some of the, the miscues. Uh, several teams around the National Football League, ones that are supposed to be legitimate contenders, they're also dealing with uh, with these type of uh, issues, so it, it seems like you're you're all by yourself because you're, you're probably focusing more on on Saints news. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of teams out there in the NFL that are trying to figure it out too. Uh, three weeks into the season, uh, but but one thing that we were trying to figure out early in the week was who was going to be starting quarterback uh, for the New Orleans Saints uh, going into the game uh, in the UK in London this Sunday versus the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, we, we heard about Jameis Winston. He's had issues, uh, with his back. I mean, everybody knows about that. The four fractured vertebrae, uh, uh, in his back, uh, you know, we, we heard about, you know, some of the issues he has with his ankle also Mm -hmm. returning from an ACL injury. Uh, and now Andy Dalton got the majority of the snaps and everything is leading to, uh, him being the starter. I'm, I'm talking Andy Dalton this Sunday. Uh, what are your thoughts on Andy Dalton? I mean, just watching him in all offseason, in training camp, there's a lot of positive things that were said about him, Aaron. Uh, what are your thoughts about Andy Dalton starting for the New Orleans Saints, and could he be this uh, the jumpstart that this offense needs to be fishing?
1: It's funny. When Dalton was signed this offseason, I was walking through the facility. I think I was in the cafeteria or something, and Dalton was sitting right there eating, hanging out, and I'm like hmm. – swear we just signed him he's already here working (laughs) out making it himself at home here you know having lunch kicking it you know he's been here all summer putting in the work trying to get a grasp of the offensive playbook it Mm -hmm. is a playbook that's been created over the past 10 years you know Mm -hmm. Coach Payton's been here for a long time. So it's not a small book. It is that there's a lot of plays that they have to get a hold of. And he went to work studying it and he started working during, he was here for all of the OTAs with a lot of the younger guys. And I think that he's going to be able to fit in just fine. He's been in every single position in his career. He is a vet. He's a former nine year starter. Um, You know, he's, been a multi-year three-year I think pro bowler so he's been in every situation he's been a starter he's been a backup he's had to come in because in the middle of a game because of an injury he's had to come in in the middle of the season yeah he's ready he's prepared and I think he's very confident in his abilities and I think the team is as well it's why they brought him in it's because he was a very viable backup who could very well start for teams in this league still
0: yeah I mean, I, I think that he's definitely a, a quality uh, backup. I mean, we've we seen all the games that he had uh, when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, be that as it may, you know, they, they had issues when it came to the postseason. Uh, but Andy Dalton was always a steady quarterback. Uh, he, he always uh, was a guy that you can rely on. Uh, I, I always talk about A.J. Green, um, his success as a wide receiver. Uh, he, he has to uh, give a lot of credit to Andy Dalton because he was the one throwing them the football. And he does have those capabilities. And, um, you know, I think that what the Saints are looking for at this particular time, you know, with all the issues that they're dealing with offensively, uh, this is a guy that can come in. It, it may not wow you, you know, as far as his arm talent or his, some of his ability, like you see some of these younger quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes to Josh Allen. But what he is is a guy that is not going to uh, really – too many uh, calculated risk, and he's not going really cost you the game. And that's, I feel like some, that's something that the Saints offense needs at this particular point. Uh, you, you need to start to see some of those drives uh, develop as well as the running game. Um, also, uh, we talk about, um, you know, Andy Dalton, but we have to talk about the protection as well. Uh, it, it seems like there's been, ha- been some issues on the offensive line. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've been working as a cohesive unit uh, as of yet, Aaron. Uh, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Uh, and do you feel like it's something that can be fixable uh, as time progresses?
1: Yeah, I know that they're putting in a lot of work on that area, and they have a pretty you know, similar group to what they had last year. You know, really only losing you know the uh, one player on that mm-hmm. on the line, and then you yeah. add in James Hurst as somebody who's played several years in the league yep. and has played multiple positions and and really yeah. likes the fact that he's able to focus on just playing that left guard position this year. Um I think that they will figure it out, albeit they'll be without Andrews Pete this week. So that changes things up a little bit. But Calvin Throckmorton played a lot last year. He did sure. get a lot of good reps. So hopefully that's a seamless transition having him yeah. in the line to start things off this Sunday. Hmm. I think it's just a little bit about You know, just the timing, getting on the same page, a little more communication. And I think this week has really helped, in general, a lot of different position groups and a lot of the players get to know each other a little bit outside of the game of football, just kind of get to understand who the guy that they're playing next to is, what makes him tick, what he likes, the way to communicate with him. Because that's a big part of it, too, not only knowing who what the player is capable of on the field and and knowing your role and your position and what you're supposed to be doing. But, you know, developing that camaraderie with the people you're playing with. And they were able to do that going to London right after the game on Sunday, spending a lot of time together. They went to a soccer game. They've been going out to dinner. They've been going shopping. They've been doing a lot of stuff earlier in the week when they had the time off per per usual, they're not just goofing off there in London. They've (laughs) spent their time practicing as well, but right. The Saints rented out an entire hotel. They've taken over the entire place, set up a whole training facility, Mm. training room, workout space. Um, So they're really spending a lot of time just together, just them in this makeshift facility compound over there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that is beneficial, you know, as uh a. As as tragic as uh, hurricanes can possibly be, I mean, last year, you know, you had Hurricane Ida, and that forced the New Orleans Saints to have to go uh, to Dallas. And they were in that hotel, and the first home game for the New Orleans Saints took place in Jacksonville. But I think the reason why they were so successful in that game was because uh, they really didn't have any choice but to be in the closed space together. You know, so Mm -hmm. uh, even in dark clouds, there are some silver liners, and the silver liners were that they were that close together. And they were be were able to you know get it get on the same page in order for them to go up against one of the most formidable teams in the Green Bay Packers and and really put a whooping on them. So uh, yeah. we're hoping that you know we can replicate that uh, you know type of experience. Uh, you know the fact that you you just alluded to them going early right after that Carolina Panthers loss and and, and being to get together, maybe that can translate on the field. Uh, on sunday but uh speaking uh, of the game uh, on sunday uh the minnesota vikings uh the minnesota vikings been a little bit up and down as a team also you know uh they they beat the uh green bay Packers pretty soundly in week one then they took a step back um against the philadelphia eagles on prime time got a win again you know this past week and now they're they're going against uh, the new orleans saints who are trying to figure it out i mean you you have to believe that Uh, The New Orleans Saints have to be prepared, even though this isn't a a do or die game. You you have to believe that it it feels that way. But Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts about the, the Minnesota Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints? And what do the New Orleans Saints have to do in order to get a victory over the Minnesota Vikings?
1: stop the run and hold on to the ball, force of turnovers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds pretty simple. but you know. Yeah, right.
1: No, so, so the Saints, they're, I think, allowing on average 138 rushing yards per game. Right. pretty – a lot, the first game, a lot, and the third, they were mm-hmm. able to keep Tampa Bay in check for about right. 78 yards on the mm-hmm. ground. Right. Um, the Vikings, however, are one of three teams in the league who – have allowed over 110 yards rushing every single game. Mm. So they are consistently allowing a lot of yards on the ground. So if Alvin Kamara can get going, because he's, I think, underperformed so far this season, averaging about 60 yards of scrimmage, which is about 40 or more, less than his average overall. He's usually over 100. Um, So if he can get going and kind of take advantage of some of, of what they may be lacking as far as their run defense goes. That would mm-hmm. be great. Um, on the opposing side, the saints have to find a way to stop their threat, their dual threat in Dalvin cook,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Dalvin cook, Camara, both drafted in 2017, both mm-hmm. have just been dominating the league at their positions right. since then, two of the best to do it. Um, it's, you know, how. Cal- Uh, Cook is going to play. He's been dealing with that shoulder injury, um, but he's definitely going to go. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of those two players has the better day, um, which defense, you know, comes out on top of that matchup as well. And then you look at the the offensive threats outside of the run game. Justin Jefferson has done very well historically for the Vikings. He's been kept in check the past two games. Um, against the the Lions this last game, you know, he really performed well in the game one against the Packers, but you, as yeah. you said, you know, they kind of blew the Packers out there, but he had 184 yards, a touchdown, only <laughs> nine receptions. So he was very productive yeah. with uh, his catches. So that's what yeah. you don't want to happen. You don't want him to have another breakout performance like that. Marshawn Latimer's right. done a really good job keeping him in check. So that's a matchup to watch. Yeah, And, you know, the defense for the Saints have just t- really talked about how they need to affect the ball. They need to create some turnovers. And as we spoke about, you know, the Saints offensively, they need to, to mitigate those mistakes and, and not have as many of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at the Minnesota Vikings, if, if they're struggling, I mean, this could be. <laughs> a replica of what we've seen on uh, on Christmas when Alvin Kamara ran for six touchdowns. I, I don't think we, yeah. you know, we, we wouldn't be mad at a performance like that, but um, you know, the, the Saints know the type of team the Minnesota Vikings are, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings have been like the, the Achilles heel to the New Orleans Saints, uh, especially when it comes to the postseason. So, you know, they know the type of team that the Minnesota Vikings are and uh, you know, even though they're probably dealing with some some issues when it comes to stopping a run, you can't take a team like this for granted, and I think they know that. Uh, I agree with what you said uh, at the beginning of your statement. I mean, ball security is key, mm-hmm. and uh, I think if they, they hold on to the football and they're able to sustain drives, I, I think they should be successful uh, this Sunday uh, in London. But uh, Aaron, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you for being on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, before you go, uh, can you let everybody know how they can get in touch with you?
1: Definitely. You can follow me at Aaron E. Summers on Twitter. Usually tag about everything that I do over here with the Saints. So you can check it out on NewOrleansSaints.com. Or if you care about basketball at all, that's about to get started as well. So you can head to Pelicans.com and find all of our stuff there. And I will say before I go, Alvin Kamara scored his first ever career touchdown in London. The Saints played Miami in 2017. So you talked about the energy when he they last played the Vikings on Christmas Day. He had six touchdowns. Great game. Let's, let's have those two you know, moments collide and just have him explode on Sunday, right?
0: Yeah. I think we all would love that. We're all looking for offensive explosion coming from the New Orleans Saints because as a Saints fan over the last 15, 16 years, that's what we've grown accustomed to. So hopefully we can find that lightning in a bottle one more time. But uh, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the State of Saints podcast. And we look forward to all of your commentary on uh, saints, uh dot com and um also dealing with the New Orleans Pelicans as well. You take care.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much.
0: All right. all right, shouts out to uh Aaron, man. Shouts out to Aaron Summers. Y'all make sure that y'all uh you know follow her on Twitter and um social social media as well uh, she does an outstanding job uh pre and post game show covering the New Orleans Saints uh we'll be back in a minute to talk a little bit about the Minnesota Vikings game keep it locked right here to the state of the Saints podcast all i got to say is who that